Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. You're listening to Rob Kendall. It's an action-packed show today, Casey. Let's go! And Casey Daniels. The gang is all back together. On 93 WIPC. Good morning. It is Friday, June 30th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Of course, Rob is out on paternity leave and filling in once again, the dude, Jim Roberts, joins us. And yesterday, Jim, uh, the power went out at our place at around four o'clock and it finally came on around 430. Thank goodness, because I did not like sitting around in the dark or in the heat and constantly checking my cell phone to see if I was running out of power. Yeah, you would have been in here in a baseball cap this morning if that power hadn't come on this morning. You Un- got unshowered that right. and unkempt, and uh, yeah, nobody it, wants it, to it, see it that. It's good for everybody. <laughs> nobody wants that. But we're going to go to Kelly Young from AES and see what the current situation is. Yesterday afternoon, those uh, storms with those strong winds and lightning knocked out power to about 67,000 customers. Kelly, how many people are without power as of right now? Yeah, at our peak yesterday, we had over 80,000 people. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, that storm yesterday hit us, hit us hard, went through our service territory, broad, um, broad hit here with, uh, high winds and we're seeing a lot of wires and, and, uh, trees down, uh, this morning, well, through the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, to answer your question, as I ramble, um, we have about 40,000, 42,000 out, um, uh, as of this morning. So we made some significant, uh, um, uh, progress through the night. We brought in additional resources from out of state, and uh, I think as we talked right before we went on, uh, all hands on deck right now. Yeah, absolutely. I have to imagine <laughs> when a situation like that arises, you're calling in everybody, which uh, leads me to my next question. Do you guys, are you sending in crews from other areas, or how are you getting this work done? Sure. We've got all of the crews that we have available here at AES Indiana, and we're bringing in and brought in external resources. That that includes additional resources from out of state, um, Tennessee, Ohio. Our crews from AES Ohio are going to be heading this way as soon as they clean up some of their area as well, too. So um, as, as many crews and, and contractors that, that we have available, uh, we're, we're out here working as quickly and safely as we can to, to restore power to our city. Mm-hmm. Now, you had mentioned a lot of uh, trees have had come down. Is that what it was? Like, we didn't get a transformer struck by lightning. This is all from the high winds? Correct. Yeah. I mean, and we're still assessing that damage, right? So, uh, you know, you look out the si- outside this morning, beautiful sun, and and wondering why I don't have my power on. But we've got, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the wires that are down. We had so much tree, uh, so many trees that hit um, were knocked down because of the high winds and because of that, um, the, that are causing some of that outage as well true, uh, uh, right now, too. So tree limbs, debris, sometimes that hides that, that hazards. And uh, we're out there trying to 
get that power back up. We've got Kelly Young from AES on the <clears throat> drivehubler.com hotline with us. And I'm wondering, because as I was sitting around the dark in my place last night, I noticed that uh, the houses across the street from me were getting power. And then somewhere in the middle of the night, uh, a group, uh, another apartment complex near me, their power came on. And yet I was still sitting in the dark. So my question is, how do you guys prioritize? I, I imagine that you have to do all of the emergency services first, the airlines, the airport. Um, who who gets, in what order do you determine who gets their power on? Yeah, that's a great question. That's one of, that's a big question uh, for us for sure too. But what we really look at is what can make the biggest impact. So if there's a, a you know big circuit that's out in its entirety, we're trying to, to get that up and running again, which will impact a larger number of um, customers at one time. So uh, I think we had at our peak about 25 circuits out. We're at four uh, circuits out right now. Uh, seven to eight of those, we've got some partial. So we're looking at some of those bigger uh, circuits that we can can get back on. And, and get the larger number of customers. And then we look at some of our critical customers who are out. Um, but everybody's important to us, right? We're trying to yeah. prioritize absolutely everybody um, just as quickly and safely as we can. Hey, Kelly, this is Jim. I'm wondering if, you, if there are any tips that you can <clears throat> give our listeners on what they should be doing while waiting for the power to come back on. I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember being a kid when the power would go <clears throat> out, my parents would turn all the lights off and uh, and my dad would even go to the, to the electrical panel and and turn the breaker off for the air conditioner because they felt that they didn't want all this power surge coming back in automatically and everything was turned on. Is that something that, that our listeners should be concerned about? Are there things they can do to prepare for when the power does come back on? Yeah, Jim, your parents were on it. Like, were they? Okay, I, thought, I always thought they were you know, freaking crazy. I'm like, what are you talking about, Mom? You're nuts. Turns out they were no, right. They, they, I, you know, I, I can't speak to whether or not they're nuts or not, but they for sure um, had that right, that, that tip. You know, during an outage, absolutely turn off. We encourage you to turn off your electrical appliances, unplug major equipment, uh, you know, computers, TVs, anything that, that, you, you can, that you can, because sometimes when that, like your parents said, when that uh, power comes back in a surge, which it could cause some uh, damage uh, to your electronics. You, you know, you can leave one light on uh, so that you, you know, leave one switch on so you know when the power does come back on, uh, when that indicates that the power has been restored. And then, you know, wait a few minutes uh, before you turn on other appliances and equipment at one time. You know, we often get the, the question about the food too, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, power's out in my, my food and my freezer. So keep the refrigerator and freezer doors closed. Uh, interestingly enough, a freezer that is half full or full can keep food frozen for 24 to 48 hours. Uh, foods can stay safe in an unopened refrigerator up to four hours. Um, and if an outage, you know, lasts longer than that, you know, obviously look at the removing the meat and the milk and mm-hmm. all the dairy products. Yeah. But, um, you know, the other thing too is we encourage uh, all of our customers to call in and, and let us know if they're experiencing outage just because your neighbor is out. Don't assume that they made that call and that you're clear in the clear. Sure. Um, you know, you have to make sure that you're calling and reporting that outage as well too. And then, you you know, at this time, I'd also just say, you know, make sure, and we're encouraging everybody, check on your friends and your relatives, 
especially people who have children and seniors, um, look for ways that, you know, if you have a backup plan or if you can relocate to a safe location. I know the city is working on some cooling stations. We are going to be making some updates to our website um, throughout the day for tips and, and resources as well, too. And, um, you know, we, we really want to try to be there and, and uh, be resourceful as well, too. Kelly Young from AES is joining us, and you had mentioned to go ahead and make sure you call in to make sure you report a power outage. Where are you directing people to do that? Yeah, that's... Oh, I just... Are you still there? Yeah, we're here. Did you okay. lose power? Sorry. Did AES lose <laughs> Wouldn't power? That be, that'd be ironic. Um, no. uh, uh, 317-261-8111. Uh, not only report an outage, but also the down power line. We, you know, safety first, right? So mm-hmm. if you see a fallen or broken or damaged power line, uh, please report that as well, too. Always assume that that uh, down power line is uh, uh, live, and so don't try to be a hero and, and move it out of the way. Uh, call and, and report that as well too yeah you've got trained professionals to handle that okay kelly i've only got a couple more questions for you you're good before we get going i know you're super busy right now as you mentioned all hands on deck so you've been busy with uh what 80 plus thousand customers who've been out with power and it's a big disruption to many people's their daily lives and i'm sure you're handling some complaints as well what do you tell people when they're angry with aes well, you know, uh, I always try to encourage people people to be kind, but, uh, you know, it is frustrating, right? And again, you know, you're looking outside and, and it's a nice sunny day. Why isn't my power back on? Why hasn't the, the um, power company been able to get my power out? Again, this hit us hard. It was widespread. You can look at our website on the outage map and you can see uh, the damage across the city. We just ask people to be patient. We also ask people that if uh, you do see our trucks out in the community, out working on your in your area, um, you know, be kind to them. Don't don't go out yelling. They're they're doing the best that they can as, as like I said, as quickly and safely as they can too. So give them the space to to work and to work quickly uh, to get that power back on. You had mentioned that you have about forty two thousand people still without power today. And last night you put out a tweet, or maybe not you, but somebody from AES tweeted out that this could be a multi day restoration effort. How long do you think before we're hundred percent back to power for everyone? Yeah, that's such a hard question, and, and I'm a- a- available. You know, we're going to, like I said, use our website and social media to try to keep people um, updated. Um, but multi-day, that means, you know, again, if we can get some of those larger circuits up and back to running, that's going to be the, the, the greatest impact at the, at the time. Um, but this might be something that we're looking at another 24 hours plus. We're assessing the damage, uh, trying to figure out where to get our crews um, out and, and uh, making the biggest impact. Kelly, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I know, like we said, you guys are all hands on deck. We appreciate all the work you do and really want to give a shout out to all the linemen. Um, I'm sure they were working through the night and and putting themselves in some risky situations. So God bless all the work that they do. And let's keep them safe and, and cheer them on as they get this thing fixed up as fast as possible. Jim, thank you for saying that because that uh, that 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 warms my heart a little bit. It's it's so easy for us to fire off on social media or mm-hmm. you know to to point a finger and make uh, make a blame, but at, at right now we just want to keep everybody safe. So um, you know our people are working, but also like I said, you know keep keep thinking about your friends and your relatives, and you know where's that? Who's your hospitality right mm-hmm. now? And then uh, you know let's <laughs> let's bring it in for the city, right? Yeah. Um, Kelly, let everybody know where they should be following along to get updates. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've got AESIndiana.com is our website, and then we've got a storm site as well, too, that you'll be able to get to from our website, and then our social media as well, too, um, AES uh, Indiana. All right. Kelly Young from AES, we appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for helping us update everybody in the central Indiana listening area. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show. Good morning, Vietnam! On 93 WIPC. It is 20 minutes after 9. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob is still out and Jim Roberts, the dude, still filling in. And uh, we've got a lot to get to with the Supreme Court. They're supposed to come down with that decision about student loan transfer. And we've also got a lot of content relating to the affirmative action decision that they made yesterday. But first, more important stuff. I don't know. It's not really more important, but it's more fun. Uh, Longtime host and political commentator, Geraldo Rivera. He announced that he is officially leaving Fox News. In fact, he said that he was fired. And he took to Twitter last night. He filmed himself and he made the announcement while he was on a boat. Off Jones Beach Inlet. See the tower? Very, very bumpy. Lumpy day, lumpy day out in the uh, North Atlantic Ocean. So off Jones Beach, heading for the World Trade Center, making pretty good time. Anyway, in the holiday rush hour traffic, I'll probably go faster on the boat than you would uh, trying the Long Island Expressway. So it doesn't look like I'm going to be on the 5. I mean, I'm not going to be on the 5. I've been fired from the five, and as a result of that, I quit Fox. So, I'll have more to say about that on Fox and Friends tomorrow morning. Thank you. Okay, this reminds me of the old Dominion song, I was on a boat that day. He, uh, Geraldo has always been uh, uh, just a, a couple ticks off center. You think so? Well, well, I mean, he had this fight, and it's been going back and forth with him and Greg Gutfeld on The Five. Of course, The Five is that cast of five commentators, and one of them is always the odd man out, which leans more liberal. And for a long time, it was Geraldo Rivera fight with Greg Gutfeld and they exchange words so he's no longer on the five and then he well, you just heard it from him he was he quit Fox altogether I, I can't help but every time I think of Geraldo Rivera I always go back to the Al Capone vault yeah. debacle uh-huh. from the 80s I mm-hmm. mean and I guess this was really a moment in time so this was like I think this was the mid 80s and, and, and somebody had discovered this old hotel that had been owned by Al Capone, and they found this hidden room. And so Geraldo Rivera was going to do a live television reveal mm-hmm. of Al Capone's vault. They made a huge deal about it. And keep in mind, this is pre-internet. 
This is when there were only three TV stations. The hype for this <laughs> yeah. event was huge. Weeks and weeks before, it seemed like that's all anybody was talking about. Are you going to watch Al Capone? You're going to watch Geraldo open Al Capone's vault? You're going to watch it? And I was about 10 at the time or something like that. And and, and I absolutely couldn't wait. And everybody, what do you think's in there? Yeah. You think there's money? You think it's gold? Maybe, you know, the dead, the dead bodies of his enemies? Oh. No. Nothing. Nothing. They found like a couple of bottles from Prohibition. It was this massive letdown, and the whole live event ended without with with Geraldo looking at the camera and going, "Well, sorry about that. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that was it. That's the show." And and ever since then, Geraldo has always been just a little bit different than every other political commentator and TV host. And yeah, uh, well, he's traveled the world, obviously covering a lot of uh, wars and things like that. I'm I'm curious if he'll continue to work. You know, Twitter like uh, Tucker is doing his thing on Twitter. And is Geraldo going to jump someplace else or is he just going to say, you know, it's time to enjoy that boat? I think there's always a place for somebody like Geraldo. He's always been very polarizing. You either Mm -hmm. love him or hate him, Mm -hmm. but he's never boring. Yeah. Oh, that's and so, true. And so when you're never boring, there's almost always a place for you somewhere. And I'm sure he'll find something to do to keep him occupied and uh, pay for that boat. OK, so Bud Light released a statement yesterday. This is after that Dylan Mulvaney finally broke his silence over the controversy over uh, his infamous partnership with the beer. So Dylan Mulvaney, 26 years old, he goes on Instagram and uh, he starts saying that Budweiser didn't stand by him amid the fallout from their disastrous campaign. All right, Anheuser-Busch lost $20 million in market cap value since this whole March Madness thing, and Dylan Mulvaney is upset that they didn't hold his hand. (laughs) So this feels like the right thing to do. I took a brand deal with a company that I loved, and I posted a sponsored video to my page. And it must have been a slow news week because the way that this ad got blown up, you would have thought I was like on a billboard or on a TV commercial or something major. But no, it was just an Instagram video. And the wildest part is that they also sent me one can with my face on it. You might have seen it. And funny story, I had the can around my house, but then I realized, wait, I need to protect this can. So I hid it somewhere. And now I can't find it because I hit it so well. But when I do find it, I feel like it needs to go in a museum, preferably behind bulletproof glass. Okay, so this guy, he's got 1.8 million followers on Instagram, makes that video, huge uproar. America's number one brand loses $20 million, no longer America's number one beer. The guy can't even find the beer can that had his face on it. Can you imagine the level of self-importance you must have to think that this beer can Mm -hmm. that you were once holding belongs in a museum behind bulletproof glass like it's the Declaration of Independence. It's Mm -hmm. this historic artifact that must be protected. Well, it is very important to him, and it turns out it was very consequential to Bud Light. They're giving away free beer on 4th of July, just trying everything they can to regain some of their customers back. Anheuser-Busch did issue a statement. Uh, They did not mention Mulvaney by name or his claims, but they did say that they remain committed to the programs and partnerships that they've forged over the decades with organizations across a number of communities, 
including those in the LGBTQ plus community. So they're not slowing down with their message. That video sounded like a breakup video, the kind you see on TikTok and Instagram. So? Well, my boyfriend left, and and uh, but but he wasn't being nice to me, and. And now I deserve to have my can inside of a museum behind bulletproof glass. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. It is 933. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob is still out enjoying his new family, his new daughter, Jim Roberts, the dude, hanging out with us again this morning. Thank you for uh, for doing that. Hey, I'm happy to come in. This has been a lot of fun for me the last few days. And Yeah. So uh, the Supreme Court, we're expected to hear their ruling on that student loan transfer issue uh, any moment this morning. But yesterday, they made another ruling, and they said that colleges and universities must stop considering race in admissions. And this puts an end to affirmative action in higher education. And they struck down the affirmative action programs at the University of North Carolina, also Harvard. Many conservatives saying that this is a major victory, and it ends the systemic consideration of race in the admissions process. Now, the court ruled that both programs violate the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution and are therefore unlawful. The vote was 6-3 to three in the University of North Carolina case, and it was 6-2 to two in the Harvard case because... The liberal judge, Kataji Brown-Jackson, who is still trying to figure out what a woman is, she recused herself because she worked for Harvard as an advisor. Yeah, well, we talked about this yesterday, Casey, because this decision came down while we were on the air, and mm-hmm. it turned out we were exactly right. There are a lot of liberals making a lot of noise on social media, talking about how awful this decision is, how illegitimate the court has become. But the fact of the matter is that this is a very good interpretation of the law. Courts can't rule based on feelings, Mm -hmm. despite what liberals would want you to feel, you know, and believe. It's not feelings, feelings, feelings. It's about how I feel. That's what they think. But no, it's about what the Constitution actually says and what the law says. And these claims that, you know, this ruling makes the Supreme Court illegitimate are completely ridiculous because the data is clear that the vast majority of the American public does, does not agree with affirmative action programs. And the idea that this court is driven by ideology is also ridiculous. Just twice in the last couple of weeks, The court ruled in favor of what would be considered liberal positions, once on the uh, voting rights case in Alabama and again on North Carolina uh, regarding uh, redistricting. So these claims that this court, you know, is overall ideologically driven are completely without merit. And regarding the affirmative action case, like we said, poll after poll shows that the American public don't want race used in a factor in hiring, in housing, in medical treatment, and certainly when it comes to college admissions. Yeah, not really sure who needs to hear this, but Martin Luther King fought for equality, equality as an equal, and giving someone preferential treatment because of their skin color, that is the exact opposite of equality. And you had mentioned the Supreme Court. Well, let's hear from our president. He said uh, SCOTUS banning affirmative action in college admissions. It can't be the last word. Many people wrongly believe that affirmative action allows unqualified students, unqualified students to be admitted ahead of qualified students. This is not, this is not how college admissions work. Rather, colleges set out standards for admission, and every student, every student has to meet those standards. Then and only then, after first meeting the qualifications required by the school, do colleges look at other factors in addition to their grades, 
such as race. Okay, so uh, Tim Scott said, this is the day we understand that being judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin, is what our Constitution wants. And after Biden made that announcement, he was asked about the Supreme Court, and he said it's not a normal court. The Supreme Court has thrown into question its own legitimacy. Is this a rogue court? This is not a normal court. Should there be term limits for the justices, sir? And that's when he ran away. <laughs> it's not a normal court. Okay. So President Walnut says the Supreme Court's not a normal court. Someone should tell him affirmative action is not normal. Inflation is not normal. Four and a half dollars for gasoline is not normal. Millions of illegal immigrants is not normal. Billions of dollars to Ukraine is not normal. War on fossil fuels is not normal. $1.7 trillion for an Inflation Reduction Act is not normal. Hunter Biden is not normal. Showering with your daughter is not normal. Okay, so let's fire up the Wayback Machine. Here we go. Do it. We're going back a ways because we can because, you know, he's been in office for 50 years. So there's a lot that we could go back to. Here's a reminder of Biden calling young black people predators who need to be taken out of society. Who are the predators? A hundred thousand of the kids you read about in the front page of the newspaper every day. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them born out of wedlock, Without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, a portion of them will become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets. So there's time and time again of this guy making comments that are more racist than anything else. And... He, he was asked during this interview, he had a sit down on MSNBC, and he was asked about the ruling against affirmative action, and uh, she asked, uh, Nicole Wallace is her name, if it was undemocratic. And his answer, he's so confused, he's like blurring the Constitution with the Declaration of Independence, and he claims we fought a war in 1960 over affirmative action, and I, I think he's really confused. I think he means 1860 is what he's talking about. Some of your former Senate colleagues on the Judiciary Committee would go as far as to say that it's anti-democratic. Do you agree with that? Well, you know, if I say it's anti-democratic, then it gets <laughs> you get a lot of trouble. <laughs> no, 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 but, but it, it is, it's, its value system is different. And, and it's, its respect for institutions is different. And in that sense, it is, uh, it is not as embracing of of all what I think the the Constitution says, we hold these truths to be self All men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator. It's the uniqueness of America. We never fully lived up to it. We never walked away from it. And this court seems to say that, no, that's not always the case. The idea there's no right of privacy in the Constitution, giving states power that we fought a war over in 1960. Um, You know, I I just think it's... um, this is not your father's Republican Party. Mm, okay. <laughs> it's like he strang a bunch of unconnected thoughts together and just threw them out there. And then at the end, attacks his competitors, the Republican Party, right? Um, affirmative action, 
as you mentioned, broadly unpopular. Uh, it's 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 vulnerable to so many legal actions and challenges. It disproportionately helps upper middle class students of color and pits the working class people of different races against one another. And, you know, there's an interesting counter argument being made that, that people are saying, OK, well, if you don't have affirmative action, then you shouldn't have legacy as part of college administrations. And fine, let's have that conversation. And, and legacy means that, you know, if I'm applying for Harvard mm-hmm. and my parents or a close family member went to Harvard, they use that as a factor in benefiting me toward admissions. But there are certain things that are protected and and judging somebody on their race, religion, creed, national origin, uh, you know, gender and disability, what lawyers call protected classes. Mm -hmm. And that's why affirmative action is bad. Judging you based on whether your parents went to that school is not a protected class. So have that conversation separately, but that's not a great legal argument to say that you should be making legacy also removed from college applications as well. Okay, so I think ABC might be broken. They've done something. The network? Yes, the network. They brought in an incoming Brown University student. This was during their special report. And he speaks out in favor of the Supreme Court ruling on affirmative action. And uh, this kid, he sounds like he's on point. I think that this whole business, when we're deciding based on race, at least as a factor, that sort of assumes that all people of a certain race are sort of monolithic, that minorities are monolithic. And I know at least for Asian Americans, sort of the way that we're perceived is hardworking, no charisma, no character. And and you see that in those in, in the Harvard case, you'll see that um, that's how they view Asian American students. They see us sort of as bland and sort of lacking character. And I think that that's sort of what happens to all minority groups when you view us first and foremost as a certain race, and then just look at individual characteristics that we have later. I think we should flip that around and view our individual characteristics regardless of what race we are first and foremost. And I think that's, that's the most appropriate way to, to do this. Um, because there, again, you can look at recommendation letters. You can look at, um, there's so so many other things that you can look at. And I know that Bumi was mentioning sort of this holistic admissions process. In that process, you have so much data. You have access to your parents' income, for instance, if you might need financial aid. You have access to information about the school district that you g- grew up in. And I think that information actually gives you knowledge of the student situation and sort of ha- what advantages or disadvantages that you might have in life. Because any student of any race at an underfunded school district won't necessarily have the same opportunities that somebody at a a very highly funded school district. And so by looking at what opportunities they had available and how they were able to make the most of that is not something that requires you to look at race. When you can actually pinpoint that the experiences that a student might have had um, through other factors that don't involve race. It is 943. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Jim Roberts filling in for Rob Kendall today. And Sriracha and ketchup. Yeah, we're going down the condiment aisle next from 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall is out on paternity leave right now, filling in the dude. Jim Roberts has joined me in the studio today. So um, you're probably a fan of this. I, I, 
I, I'm not. You like sriracha? I do like sriracha. I mean, it's. It, it, I'm not somebody that loses their mind over it and puts it on everything. But yeah, I like sriracha a lot. Okay. Apparently, bottles of how do you say it? Hoi Fung Sriracha. They're going for as much as $70 on some websites. A single 28-ounce bottle being listed on eBay for nearly $70, while a two-pack of 17-ounce bottles going on Amazon for over $100 and more. Okay, so this is a a popular hot sauce, what it's made with. Chili, salt, Vinegar. It's pretty hot. I mean, garlic in there. Something else in there. Yeah, it's got a bunch of spices and that sort of stuff. It's it's not as vinegary as Tabasco is, and it's chili based, and it's Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty hot. Yeah. Okay, so the company said that they've had a shortage of chili powder inventory, and this is dating back to 2020, and they're saying it's because there's a shortage of chilies. The actual pepper. Okay, so there's a shortage of this, so people can't buy it and they're having trouble f- sourcing it in grocery stores. Right. And so because of that, people are listing it on Amazon and eBay for, for, you know, a, lot for, for a lot of money. Right. And then they said that last year, the weather conditions were affecting the quality and sparking an even more severe shortage of sriracha. Okay, so hear me out. I've got, I, I've got an answer for them. Because we all know it's just supply and demand, yep. right? Yep. People want something and, you know, have enough of it, the cost goes up. We learned that very the hard way the last couple of years with the supply chain issues. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and Bud Light has just recently seen this. So all they have to do is hire a new spokesperson named Dylan Mulvaney. The Sriracha Company hired put Dylan his Mulvaney. Face, put to, his face on the bottle. To Nobody's going to want to touch it. And then the grocery stores can supply it again. And then there'll be enough for everybody that wants it because nobody wants it anymore. Right. What's your favorite condiment? My favorite condiment? I, You know I'm not a condiment person. So though. this was... She, is cheese sauce a condiment? <laughs> I don't think so. So this was... You know, when we first started dating, uh-huh. you wouldn't put salad dressing I know. on a salad. I know. And I thought. I thought to myself, what kind of psychopath does not put <laughs> salad dressing on a salad? I do salt and pepper on the on a salad. And you know, I'm a big ketchup guy. Yeah, I love the ketchup. And as a kid, I would put ketchup on everything. Yeah, I, I put it on steak and pork and mm-hmm. fish and chicken and everything. But uh, and now I'm kind of you know more sophisticated palate as I've gotten older. But oh, I, sure. I, I still love it on burgers and fries. And so when I go through the drive-thru, yeah. I have to, and I'm always nice about it. I'm like, hey, can you Extra can you ketchup. give me like a lot of ketchup? And when I, I mean like a lot, like maybe like two big handfuls, I will, if I'm having burgers and fries at a, a drive-thru where you get the little packets, mm-hmm. no joke, I will I will use 15, <laughs> 15 packets of ketchup ridiculous. For, for, for burgers and fries. So I am a big ketchup fan. You're I, so high maintenance. No, no, it's just what I like. <laughs> okay. I like ketchup with burgers and fries. Okay, well, speaking of ketchup, uh, I know where we keep our ketchup. Kevin, where do you normally keep your ketchup at home? Do you keep it in the fridge or is it in the pantry or in a cabinet? Uh, I keep it in the pantry. Okay. What? See? Yeah. I Here we go. used to keep it in the fridge, but then I realized it didn't really make sense to me because restaurants always keep the ketchup out. Out on the table. Right. Okay. Well, Heinz has settled this age-old debate about where your ketchup is supposed to be stored. And they took to Twitter and they said, FYI, ketchup goes in the fridge. It says so, right? I grabbed a bottle last night out of the refrigerator. It says, mm-hmm. refrigerate after opening, right on the bottle. But yeah. I, I thought you, when you first said that, Kevin, I thought this is, why, why would you keep it in the, 
in the pantry. But you're right. Restaurants keep it out on yeah. the on the table all the time. I didn't think about that part of it. Does it does it empty? Does it come out of the bottle easier when it's uh, room temperature versus in the fridge? I'm not sure if it's if it comes out easier, but I just think cold ketchup is gross. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense if you're eating hot fries, yeah. hot fries and a hot burger, It'll and you've got cold ketchup. Yeah, you got that's a good that's a good point. I, I may have to reevaluate where we keep our ketchup. Okay. You changed my mind, Kevin. Well, hundreds of fans replied to their tweet saying that they keep it in the cupboard just like Kevin, and won't be changing their method. Now, here's my question. I want somebody to do maple syrup next because, kind of like the ketchup, the maple syrup, do you put it in the fridge or do you put it in the pantry? So ours at home right now, this is funny because ours at home right now, our syrup is in the pantry. It's in the pantry. It's not in the refrigerator. Right. Same same with me. You're keeping that in the pantry as well. Yeah. And that seems like that's one of those things that maybe you should refrigerate, but it it comes out smoother when it's room temperature. The restaurants, you go into IHOP and you've got syrup sitting on the table. It sits out there all day, every day, and and apparently it's just fine. There's uh, maybe no preservatives in there that are I don't know. I need to reevaluate my entire condiment strategy. Maybe we've got way too many condiments in the refrigerator. And maybe that's why the door of our refrigerator is always full of nothing but sauces. That's all on you, by the way. It is all on me, 100%. I will say uh, mayonnaise, Mm -hmm. that has to be in the fridge. Oh, yeah. Well, that's got egg in it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. A nice chicken salad sandwich sitting out on the counter for seven or eight hours. With warm mayonnaise. With warm mayonnaise. Well, you know what? After the power being out... uh, you know, we might have to reevaluate all everything that's in the entire refrigerator. You threw some meat. I out threw this some morning. meat. We had some ground beef in the refrigerator. Our, so our power at home was out for twelve hours. Yeah, about four o'clock yesterday to four o'clock this morning. Yeah, and we had some ground beef in there, and it's trash day today. So I thought, you know what? Before the trash guy gets here, I want to get this ground beef into the trash so it's mm-hmm. not stinking in there. You know, stinking up the whole trash can and that's. We of don't stuff. want it stinking up the whole place. Okay, so another food item. Kind of. Uh, Banana fans, they're going to have to go back to uh, Victory Field on Saturday. So last night, they were supposed to the Savannah Bananas. This is the exhibition baseball team. And uh, they sold out the Thursday night game. It's been postponed till Saturday. There had been some fans that were in line to enter the stadium for about three hours. And they were standing there with their umbrellas, but then the postponement announcement came and uh, the crowds waited, but they said due to safety and no power in the stadium, obviously, or downtown Indianapolis, obviously, the game was rescheduled to Saturday for July 1st. So gates are going to open at 11 a.m. and that game is going to start at noon. And if you had tickets for last night's game, they're going to be valid for Saturday's game and you're supposed to check your email for details. I had no idea what the Savannah Bananas were all about. And then somebody compared them to the Harlem Globetrotters. They're mm-hmm. kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters right. of baseball. They don't really play in a league. They travel around the country and they do these exhibition games and they have a lot of fun and they're, and they're goofy and stuff like that, which yeah. I I love the Globetrotters. We used to take our daughter when she was little, take her and her friends to the mm-hmm. Globetrotters games. Yep. And those were so much fun. They're doing all those crazy trick shots and they're fighting and arguing with the ref and pulling his pants down. But my, my favorite Globetrotter bit yeah. of all time yeah. is the bucket. Yeah. Where they make you think it's full of full water, water and, and it's, it, it's going to throw it, and then, then, then boom, and confetti everywhere, and it's, it's everybody laughs, and it's hilarious, and little kids think it's funny. So I, I'm going to have to check out the Savannah Bananas because if I love the Globetrotters, I'd probably love them. You probably would. So um, yeah, just same thing, only baseball. Uh, let's talk about this new poll that came out. Three quarters of bosses find Generation Z workers 
a little difficult. Hmm. This is a new corporate survey that came out. They asked over 1,300 managers and business leaders, and they said that 74% consider Gen Z employees more challenging than older staffers. Kevin, do you consider yourself a Gen Z? I think I'm a millennial. Okay. I was born in 95, so I think that makes me at the tail end. Yeah, of you are, because they're saying that Gen Z starts in 97 when those people right. were born. So, uh, not you. Now, when these managers were pressed for specifics, the employers, they didn't hold back. They said these Gen Z, they think they're better than you, smarter than you, more capable than you, and they'll tell it to your face. But isn't this this is always the argument between generations. The older generation thinks that the younger generation is stupid and dumb and lazy and, and that the older generation is smarter. I think this is just, this has always been the case. I mean, it was the boomers that were, were the, you know, the first ones that were the crazy kids back in the hippies and the 60s and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Woodstock with all that thing. And their parents thought they were crazy and nuts and now it's the boomers that are doing the same thing to to, to the gen z's the gen z when we all know that gen x is the superior generation <laughs> we were always always level-headed we always knew what was going on that's right uh we drank from the hose didn't we and we rode our bikes outside and the only way we knew how to come home at night was mm-hmm. when the street lights turned on that right. was the that was the signal that you better get your butt and home. they used to air commercials at 10 o'clock do you know where your children are they had to remind our parents you have children you need to find them <laughs> it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc that's jim roberts filling in it is 9 Good morning.